Welcome please to the JVG podcast where these G's are going to spread their seeds of knowledge about the league. It's flourishing with ease. These funny catches seem to be well read, esteemed and honest. Like the man himself, Jeff Van Gundy. They are high IQ, so cerebral and funny. So if you're on the bus, just border on the dunny. Listen to the JVG NBA Tribute Show. Uh, hello, welcome to episode 118 of the Jeff Van Gundy NBA Tribute Show. My name is Marco from here with Lucas. Lucas, how are you? Tell us what's going on in your life. Oh my god, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> Nightmare blunt rotation to start the day. Oh yeah. So, Wednesday morning, thanks to everyone that come out. Me and Marco are obviously recording the pod right now. Oh. Uh, and I go to, I go to, I'm like, oh, Marco, I'll come to yours because I'm, you know, I'm gonna be on the road today. I'm going to mow my grandparents' lawn after yeah. this. Uh, and then I go to my car, unlock the. Unlock the passenger side, put all my stuff in the car. Oh, cool. Oh, weird. I walk around to the driver's seat and uh, driver's side door. Open that. Nah, it didn't unlock. That's weird. So I go back to the passenger side and then I lock the car again. I'm like, let me just see if it's just like fucked up. Unlock the passenger seat. The passenger door. Fuck it. And (laughs) only the passenger side unlocks. So then I go through the car, manually unlock the driver's side door and then get into the driver's seat. And then the car just doesn't turn on. Like, no, not even like a do Fully dead battery. Completely flat. Completely flat. Flat as attack. And so I'm like, oh, this is such a fucking hindrance. Because I had I had the whole day planned, pretty much. And now not only do I not have the day planned anymore, but I have no car. So it's just like, it's just so much headache that I did not want to deal with on a Wednesday morning. But it is a beautiful day. It's such a beautiful day. And it was also like, I felt... Really uh, spiritually positive about the idea of recording a podcast on a weekday morning. Yeah. You know, like, I think back to probably the only other time we've recorded a podcast this time of day was when we did the James Harden uh, emergency pod, emergency trade pod. Was that to Brooklyn? Yeah. It wasn't even to Philly. That's crazy. No, it was to Brooklyn. That's so long ago. Yeah, I remember because it was when all the picks went with him. And I was like, wow, Brooklyn just made this mistake. And then like for a year, it looked like that was a really bad take. But as we might get into today, <laughs> it might be history repeating um, itself. But yeah, so so far, uh, well, because since that happened, I, I rocked up here and I rang the buzzer. Oh my apartment, God. Not twice, but thrice. Yeah. Uh, to no response. And yeah, so Lucas's, Lucas's doorbell's broken. Yeah, so the, the apartment buzzer is, is not working either. So I don't know. Maybe it's like fucking... So this, there's like a sp- yeah, there's like a spooky ghoulie here yeah. here around on this Wednesday morning or something. Or it's like just that. like the maybe this is just like a pre lead to my summer and everything is just gonna fail. <laughs> like my car can't oh, deal man. with one day of heat. The buzzer can't deal with three rings. <laughs> right <laughs> on the first twenty nine degree day. Well, they come in threes, so <laughs> let's see what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why do you have me here today, though? Um, well, what did you want to start with, Lucas? I think you, you want to start with a little, uh, well, I don't know, a more somber, a more somber, less basketball related moment. Oh, takeoff. Yeah. It is sad. I think it, I think the news, uh, came the day after we recorded. Yeah. Uh, uh the news came heavy. No, I think it, came, it was like midnight that night or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So takeoff passed away. Takeoff got shot and killed in a, uh, dispute that he was not even involved in. Yeah. Uh, takeoff for anyone that doesn't know is... The best Migo. By far. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's sad. It was the first time, like, I reckon uh, a, a celebrity passed that I had, like, 
consume their content every single day. Mm. I've been listening to that Hotel Lobby song for like two mm. months straight now, mm. at least five times a day. Yeah, uh, and it's only gotten like I've only started listening to it more since he passed. Yeah. But it's sad. Like, there's a reason he was always the last verse on every on every Migos song, because uh, you can't just trust that with anyone. Yeah, and Takeoff always brought it home. Yeah, yeah. Um, not much else to say. It's really sad. I think I think the saddest thing is just that it was like you know, obviously, all members of the Migos give off that like that kind of gangster you know oh we're, we're violent criminals blah, mm. blah 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 but like by all accounts he was actually just like the chillest most peaceful <laughs> nicest guy probably easily the most nicest guy of the Migos because like fucking Offset and Quavo have had their moments yeah uh, Offset keeps cheating on Cardi B yeah and Quavo takes the celebrity all-star game too seriously <laughs> the greatest crime of all <laughs> um but yeah so for him to die like that yeah it's just it's just really tragic yeah, yeah. that's it rip um, well, and then when that same morning, we actually woke up to the news that, uh, another, another, I'm not going to do it that segue, but, uh, <laughs> Steve Nash had lost his job yeah. as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I think it was a pretty classic JVG moment where like fucking so much news came out <laughs> hours after we published. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to, we're not going to do the full timeline today. Uh, if you want to go listen to like just fucking everything about the net situation go listen to the most episode of the deep two the most recent episode of the deep two nba podcast dante boffin knocks it out of the park uh with talking about the Kyrie anti-semitism and stuff and also talking about like you know uh how it must feel to be a woman working in or around the nba considering there's like six uh i think it, is it four or six head coaches that like just have domestic <laughs> yeah uh just have really bad allegations of them and uh you know who would not feel comfortable around as a woman yeah but the long and the short of it steve nash uh lost his head coaching job uh pretty much immediately ime odoka was linked to the head coaching job it seemed like uh you know it seemed like a sure surefire thing uh but sort of as this week has gone on and there's been this bad reaction to it uh the most most recent report from mark stein is that uh, Nets owner Josiah is being urged by some strong voices yeah. uh, not to hire the suspended Celtics head coach. Uh, yeah, Lucas, what do you make of all of this? Yeah, so uh, the Nets' like commitment to just fucking derailing their season is it's pretty ad- admirable. Yeah. Um, Ime Udoka coming out as like the had they gone through with hiring Ime Udoka then it'd be like how do you even fucking wrap your head around mm. that and they might still they yeah. might still go through with it yeah it seems that they're letting the dust settle before making a decision um but I just think that they've just been on such a bad trajectory of just like doing the wrong thing over and over and over and I think they just need different decision makers mm. uh and also they need to not have Kyrie Irving on the team which is what I think is their, probably their next aim, like yeah. their, their next goal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I, 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 I can't remember the season being like hopeless this early on uh, since like Kyrie and KD have moved to Brooklyn. Mm. But yeah, I think that it's, it's it, their, their, their horizons are not too, uh, too hopeful. However, I, I think KD has been like playing really well lately mm. with mm. the, with the bench mob. Yeah. Um, and it looks like he's really turned his own game around this season. And I think that, you know, I hate to speculate, but...
But if it's on-court stuff, then I'm going to speculate. <laughs> I think it's because he doesn't want to play with Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the reason he asked for a trade out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the... That that was sort of the, the lesson of the offseason was like, okay, Kyrie's, Kyrie's going to try and get out of Brooklyn, blah, 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 blah. Okay, nobody wants him. Okay, final, you know... Uh, sign sign again with him and then immediately KD wants to be traded yeah um, uh, I think that says what it says and if you were KD and you were already at that point in the off season everything that's happened since would only push you further towards yeah. that thing but yeah I think that point about it just being completely hopeless is so so accurate because <laughs> okay Steve Nash has not been coaching this team well at mm. all he's just not tactically uh, you know Oh, I just I just haven't seen any tactics from him in the last season, <laughs> yeah. and I think like you know the fact that in his debut season he had Ime Udoka, who didn't know all about this, this shit about as the you know lead defensive assistant coach, and then Mike fucking D'Antoni yeah. as his lead offensive assistant coach. Uh, I think once those two sort of left, and it was like, all right, Stephen, now show us what sort of coach you are. I haven't seen him do any good coaching mm. now. Uh, so obviously then you've got the Kyrie situation, don't need to explain all that. But then the Ben Simmons thing as well. So he's just been True. he's just been really bad <laughs> since he came back. And it doesn't I know a lot of people have been like, oh, it's early in the season, like he's getting the feel for the game back. Uh, you know, you can't compare him to someone like Kevin Durant, but like players like Kevin Durant, they come back from season long injuries. Mm. And, the, you know, where they're actually healthy once they hit the court. And they're just as good as basketball as they were when they left. Maybe, hey, maybe they've, maybe they've gone from 100% to 95% or something like mm. that. I mean, KD certainly didn't. Uh, so the fact that he's just looks completely out of place on offense. He's not good on defense either. Uh, like, he's not getting the hardest defensive assignment every, you know, every single night. Um, and now he's like re-aggravated this injury. He's coming off the bench. And it's not like he's coming off the bench, you know, the first guy off the bench, uh, getting a couple of quick buckets, you know, maybe tricking everyone into thinking he's a bit better than he is, a la, I don't know, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> uh, he's still putting up single digits across every stat line. Yeah. Uh, not, not attacking the rim, not defending well, uh, coming off the bench. It's just like, what's the... like? I don't know. There's gonna be a, there's gonna have to be a huge turnaround if they're gonna get value out of Ben Simmons, considering that they traded James Harden for him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, and it's, yeah, and it's not as you touch on the triple single. It's not like a Draymond triple single. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but also, he looks fine. Like he he doesn't look like no. he's playing with an injury. He yeah. looks like a pretty healthy player. Uh, so it, yeah, it, like I mean fucking preaching to the choir but it has to it's just all mental yeah and i think that his return could have really like his return could have either um made it seem like it was an injury mm. in philadelphia uh i mean the season that he sat out not the fucking season he passed up the the layout <laughs> um or the game that he passed up the layout but now uh, yeah and i feel like he could have put all that like the the speculation about him not being like mentally fit to play basketball to bed but i think it's gone the other way and i think that uh, everyone was right, and I think that that's sad because I was on Ben's side, being like, like we have to let, see him, yeah, at least have a chance in a new opportunity uh, in a new setting, yeah. And it didn't go well, and it isn't going well. There is still like that little part of me that's like, 
it could, it could turn around as the season progresses. As we've all said, fucking Steve Nash's offense is really, really bad mm. for the past. Fuck, who knows how? Even like, not last season, but the season before that series against the Bucks, mm. when KD was just like pulling sh- anything out of his ass. Uh, they they weren't running good plays. No. The Bucks were like also playing to their level. It was a it was a from a like tactical standpoint, it was a really bad series. So from then till now, maybe there is that part of it that's affected Simo as well. Yeah. Um, who is already a, you know doesn't bring any scoring to to an offense. Uh, so maybe there is a little bit of like um, hope to hold out for Simmons, but Jacques Vaughn in his I don't know how many games he's coached him, but his his first tactical adjustment was to put Simo uh, on the bench yeah. or bring him <laughs> off the bench. Yeah, I mean, I think that's partially like a fitness thing because he'd missed yeah. the last two games. Yeah. But I think the, the other thing people have been like, oh, okay, like Simmons can only play where he's the, the point guard, mm-hmm. the point guard on the floor. Uh, and how can you do that with Kyrie there? Now, first of all, Kyrie and James Harden actually played pretty well with, Ky- with you know, yeah. Harden as the point guard and Kyrie kind of playing a bit more off ball. Uh, like, I don't think, like, Ky- Kyrie isn't a heliocentric player in that way. Like, he's, yeah. a, he's actually pretty adapt. Like, you know, let's let's not focus on him because he's hopefully out of the, the <laughs> on-court picture for a while yeah. yeah. But the fact that Kyrie's gone, it's like, okay, well, now Ben Simmons is the point guard of this team. He should be really good. But, like, Ben Simmons isn't like a... He's not like an old-school, you know... Steve Nash type like sit at the top of the key and just like dish out these beautiful passes like he creates his opportunities from being 6 foot 10 and mm. driving driving to the rim which he isn't doing at all like he's just not attacking the rim in the slightest uh, you know when you go and watch all Ben Simmons highlights and it's not like he's it's not like he's figuring out all these like tricky little holes in the defense and then like threading the perfect pass he's an excellent passer but it's they're, cu- they're coming because of like the gravity he brings when he goes inside yeah um, so the fact that he's not doing that I think that just it doesn't matter who else is on the team like if that, he's not doing that then he's not going to be the successful point guard that he's been in the past yeah I think that you, you shouldn't look your best without your best five players on the court. Mm. And when when KD is surrounded by role players and he wants to just turn it on and be like the guy, that shouldn't be when your team is at their best. You should mm. be able to maximize your best players. Same deal with uh, the Timberwolves. Like when Ant is running with Naz and uh, well, neither when actually I've seen minutes where Townsend Gobert are on the bench. Which, yeah. you know, that's fucking 75 <laughs> mil sitting on the pine. But, like, Ant, Naz, and then role players, and they all look so good when they play together. And mm. that comes with, like, chemistry from, like, uh, prior seasons. But that your, 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 your ball club should never look its best without... Yeah. Like, your, your five best players should always be when you look at your best. And if you can't maximise that, then, like... Y- Fucking you, the, the Warriors exist. Yeah. Like they're, they're, the, the Cavs exist. They're yeah. a team. The, the Bucks exist, and they'll just they'll make you look like they will make you look so bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, I mean, I think Kevin Durant is the sort of player that you can put. If you put four players who just like know how to play basketball out around him, like he's going to look good and they're going to look pretty good. If you're kind of detracting from that, then like this isn't it crazy. We have like a couple of superstars or former superstars in the league who are like it's worse having them on the floor than it is Cam Thomas 
you know? Yeah. Like, Free like, CT though, for real. It's, <laughs> it's genuinely, they're genuinely detracting from you winning basketball games. Uh, whereas, you know, two, three seasons ago, they were winning you basketball games single-handedly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, a, it's, an, it's an interesting era we live in. And it's a great time to be a basketball player after all. <laughs> you can say that again. Uh, Cam Thomas did have a good game though yesterday. Oh yeah, he, uh, didn't he, so, didn't he inefficient. Freaking, didn't he have two freaking game tying three pointers or some shit? He hit. I saw one. Mm. Uh, but, but yeah, he because he hit a three to make the game ninety one ninety two. Um, oh, yeah. the Nets within one. But there's also something about Cam Thomas that when he has the ball, KD really like backs off, mm. and I think that that I think that that's I think that that's important because like the only other players he's ever done that with is like fucking Steph Curry <laughs> Westbrook before yeah, Westbrook yeah, yeah. went downhill um Kyrie Harden yeah. like like I feel like KD really imposes himself on a game when he I don't want to call it distrust but like when he knows that but he knows that Cam Thomas is going to create a good option mm, mm. Um, and I think that KD really like involves himself in a play if that isn't going to be the case mm. so I think that I think that speaks for something as well yeah yeah um, well I mean do we have anything else to say about the Ime Udoka stuff the coaching side of stuff here uh, well I feel like okay, we can't really I think just on the Nash side of things I feel like he was a scapegoat but also the most warranted scapegoat of all time like I don't think it, he was the issue, but eventually he was going to get fired. Mm. Like you can't you can't take a next step uh, at your basketball team with Steve Nash as the coach. Maybe not at this point of his like coaching career. Mm. Um, but I think yeah, in terms of firing Nash, it doesn't solve their problems, but it would have solved the problem eventually. Mm. So yeah, I think maybe the timing of it was like someone needs to be held accountable. Let's let's fire Steve Nash. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think they just should have fired him in the offseason. Like, yeah. I think it was the <laughs> yeah. perfect... It was actually a really good opportunity to kind of have a clean slate, uh, you know, with Simmons coming back in, like, you know, actually getting on the court again. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how this season would have gone if they had a different coach. Could have gone exactly the same. Kyrie still probably would have watched that documentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think really the worst thing about this... Um, and let's just say that they, let's say they don't hire Yudoka, then I think you have to write this season off. <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> I know. Is that the fourth write-off for the Nets? Yeah. In a row? yeah. <laughs> 11 games into the season. Um, and I think you just have to go into the offseason and be like, all right, cool. Uh, we're probably just going to let Kyrie walk, you know? But mm. We're just going to not play him for the rest of the season. Uh, ben Simmons, we'll just have to see give him as many opportunities to prove that he's the player that he used to be. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, but then Kevin Durant's, what, 35? <laughs> I think he's 33 these days. Yeah, so... But in the off-season, you know, in the off season he'll be 34, 35. He'll be, 30, he'll be 34. 34. Um, and yeah, I guess you just have to come in at it in a completely new direction. I think what you said about, like, I think all the decision makers on this team need to change. Yeah. Like, does Sean, Sean Marks need to go uh, to just give them a completely new slate? Someone, someone who can just be like, all right, cool, I got, I got one year, I don't have many assets, but, you know, I got 
one of the greatest players of his generation. I've got a very, very, very talented medium age player let's call him now uh what can i do to like get us as far as possible because after this we're probably gonna we're probably not going to be very good yeah uh once kevin durant leaves or retires um the other option is you hire yudoka he can't salvage this season because it's already unsalvageable and then what like what Mm. then do you then do you like go into the next season with a clean slate even though you've had this this guy who was in the NBA finals the season before he's underperformed he's obviously a really bad character uh, like what's what sort of you, you've, you've still you're still carrying over too much shit yeah. from the old era uh, even if you write this season off and go like, okay well we got your doka because he was available but we were really thinking about next season not this season like yeah. they're not thinking about they're not hiring because they think he's well, I think they would be deluded to hire him with the thought that he'll turn their season around and, you know, make them a strong playoff team. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You can't... You can't go... Yeah, if this is the clean slate, next season can't also be the clean slate. Yeah. Like, the next season can't be the there's no expectation mm. season because this is that season. Yeah. And, like, the past few seasons have been, like, write-offs due to injury and stuff. I think that <clears throat> maybe they just need to... I think the thing is, like, I don't see the pathway out. Yeah. And I think that they need to... Um, they need to think about everyone as the issue. Mm. Everyone is a potential issue. Yeah. Because they haven't won a ring. And I think that at the start of the, uh, the Kyrie KD era, let's call it, mm. I think it was like, this team is going to win a ring. If they do anything less than win a ring, then they have to consider it a bust. Yeah. They haven't made a conference finals. So I think that I think that they need to explore every avenue. And I think that even like trading KD or Kyrie, like completely turning their franchise around, mm. I think that needs to be something that they at least consider because what they've been doing has been the wrong thing. Yeah. So I think they need to really think a bit about it a bit more radically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like some of the op- trade offers that, you know, didn't eventuate for KD in the off season, like they look pretty good now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It would it would kind of be better to like trade KD, get a whole bunch of picks, get a couple of good young players. Just, you know, you can fucking wave Kyrie and then just like you'd actually have like a there are still lots of fun youngish players and good role players on this team who'd be happy to stick around, mm. you know, for the next era. Yeah. Uh but I mean, I I really think the Nets thought that <laughs> I don't think they thought this would be happen going into the season like i don't mm. i think their attitude this offseason was like cool we got we got three stars again let's just let's just run it back and have another go but like just how quickly that proved to be wrong makes everything they did in the offseason look really bad yeah i also don't think i'm gonna hold it against uh sean marks no. and whoever had any say in you know building this roster if you get Kyrie, kd and you bring in harden from houston and i don't know if anyone remembers james harden from houston <laughs> that was like he broke the NBA. Oh my fucking There's God. fucking clips of Ricky Rubio um, defending him on the opposite side. Like, he's got Harden between him and the ring, and he's defending the step back only. Like, if you can break, break an NBA D that well, then you have to be, like, a generational talent. I'm not going to hold it against someone for putting those three players on the same team, no matter if it costs all of your draft assets. If they can't figure it out, that's not your fault. Yeah. yeah. The, only, the only, I guess, caveat to that is... Perhaps NBA GMs should have been aware of how 
bad Kyrie's for a team yeah. a bit earlier than they were. Mm. You know, like probably from when he left Cleveland, it should have been like, don't fucking touch this guy. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it was one of those things, it was like the condition of getting Kyrie and KD is getting both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. if you can get KD on a team, you get KD on a yeah. team. Yeah. And fucking also, everyone likes being all high and mighty about Kyrie, and fair enough. Like, it's pretty easy to be high and mighty about that guy. <laughs> but I remember when he just when he just had the low key 50 40 90 season. You know, in their first full season together. Yeah. And everyone's like, you know what? Maybe this thing with Kyrie will work. And yeah. it's like, no, fucking... Every other, every other minute of the day, you're complaining about how he's a bad character guy. Yeah. And then as soon as he's like putting up a good basketball product, you like kind of turn your head a bit. Yeah. So, uh, I guess my point is, yes, people should have recognized that earlier, but also people just, just completely shut their eyes once they're playing good basketball. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, similar situation over in the Western Conference when PG and Kawhi were like, I'm not coming without the other guy. Yeah. How about the bloody Los Angeles Clippers? Oh my God. So, uh, uh, latest report, uh, is from the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, he's played what? Two games. Very, very spot minutes in two games. And he's now been ruled out, uh, indefinitely, uh, (laughs) as he comes back from his ACL (laughs) surgery. Um, I can't believe (laughs) how confident I was that this team would be good this season. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think later on I'll kind of, I'll I'll give my, I'll give myself a bit of a, a bit of a caveat to that, Mm. but I was just so confident that regardless of how many games Quiet plays, whether that's 30 or 40 or 50, (laughs) this roster was deep enough that they could, you know, put together a pretty good basketball team. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is probably not going to play any close, anything close to even 30 games this season. Yeah. It's probably going to be the two that he kind of played in. Um, and yeah, like the Clippers, they're not terrible, but they don't look great. They're six and five. Uh, their victories have come against, and we've done this bit before, in fact, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> their victories have come against the Lakers, the Kings, the Rockets, the Rockets again, the Spurs... And a, a solid win against the Cavs yesterday. Mm. So that's five bad teams yeah. and one really good team. So realistically, and they've, you know, they've also incurred two losses to the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> so realistically, this team is not doing very well. Yeah. Despite what their record might say. If you've watched any Clippers game, the on-court product has not been very good. Yeah. Yeah, well, I thought it was weird because in their in their game against the Lakers open the season, Kawhi came off the bench and he looked like he could have been the best player in the game. Yeah. That was just like working himself back into form, mm. and he was so aggressive. He yeah. was like, "I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna go on a little run. Like yeah. I haven't played basketball for so long. I'm gonna remind people of who I am." <clears throat> I think my issue with uh, this is. Um, like no, I feel like no one's come out from the Clippers and been like, we know what the Kawhi situation is. Mm-hmm. I think that's always like the biggest, uh, I guess, red flag for me is if you want to say to like to the wider population, I'm out indefinitely. I'm you know working on my injury or whatever. Then that's one thing. But if the team doesn't know, yeah, then you're gonna lose. Like that's such a bad, that's such a bad um, way to to treat your co-workers yeah. and like value your relationships in the workforce 
And like, how dare you? Like, <laughs> you owe the team so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You like, isn't it? Isn't enough enough at some point with Kawhi? It's like fucking. What are you? It's getting to the territory of like, just fucking play. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think if you're Kawhi and you have this, what, what, what is he on? Forty a year, something yeah. like that. You know, north of forty million dollars a year with this team that like really invested its future in you. Yeah. You're probably like you're not gonna retire. You're gonna you're gonna write this contract out, yeah. like as as long as you can. Um, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like what happened with Zion last year. Like, obviously, you know, there was other shit going on there. He's a younger player, blah 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 blah. But yeah, like the, when the reports aren't coming from the team, uh, and it's also like, you know, it's not like Kawhi Leonard ruled out for the season. It's like Kawhi Leonard out indefinitely. Yeah. Wink, wink, wink. It's for the season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a really, it's a really shit situation to be in for the Clippers. Uh, so his current contract season, getting paid forty two and a half million this year, and then he's got two years beyond this one. Yeah. Also, at the bottom of uh, players' basketball reference pages, they have frequently asked questions. <laughs> Here's some for Kawhi. Where was Kawhi Leonard born? When was Kawhi Leonard born? How tall is Kawhi Leonard? How much does Kawhi Leonard weigh? Is Kawhi Leonard in the Hall of Fame? When was Kawhi Leonard drafted? What position does Kawhi Leonard play? <laughs> I'm always asking those questions. Frequently. I feel like... Wait, what does Kawhi Leonard average? 12.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2 assists a game. What? What the fuck? When's that from? from this year. Oh, that's this year. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but also, that, that, those are FAQs <clears throat> at the bottom of a basketball reference page where they've already been answered. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, position. Oh, okay, there we go. He's a small forward <laughs> slash power forward. <laughs> um, well, so, like, like I kind of said, the Clippers haven't, they haven't been terrible uh, in terms of, like, actually getting results. And I think, like, you know, if you want to compare them to some other teams that should be doing well, like, considering their best player is out, but, I mean, that is a factor they should have built into how yeah. they're going into this season. Like, this isn't this isn't a terrible situation to be in. But, like, the basketball has not looked good. They're currently mm. 29th in offense, which yeah. is insane for a team that has Paul George and, like, a million guys who can shoot three-pointers. Yeah. You know, uh, I think genuinely... Genuinely, they can go like they can go like eight deep with guys who should shoot around like 38 percent from three. Uh, so that's really bad. <laughs> um, you know, Paul George has been playing well, but pretty much every other role player has <coughs> been very, very average. The, bless you. It's the first, uh, bless you. Uh, <laughs> uh, Reggie Jackson played his first good game of basketball in like, I don't know, 90 games against the Cleveland Cavaliers yesterday. Um, and he he really, like, he should be the second best player on that roster. Yeah. Uh, Norman Powell, again, he had a good game yesterday, but he's just been, he's just been like completely missing. It's kind of been like Portland Norman Powell uh, when we all thought that he would come in and just be like, oh, okay, when Kawhi Leonard's out, then Norman yeah. Powell will be like another one of the starting wings. Uh, so yeah, like what what's what's going wrong for the Clippers? And considering that they were like a above five hundred team last year with very little Paul George and no Kawhi Leonard, why why are they so much worse this year? That that is a, a question I cannot answer. 
Uh, and also factor in the fact that they get coached by Ty Lu. Mm. <coughs> yeah. Sometimes they come out at timeouts and they'll just run like two or three plays in a row and get two or three good looks, get two or three stops down the other end. Mm. And it's like, you obviously have this in you. Mm. You've done it. You've looked great in uh, seasons before it, with uh, Kawhi out and sometimes Paul George out as well. Mm. So I don't know how it's, how it's looking so bad this season. Also, their roster has been built so well. Mm. Like, of the 11 players who are, like, in their rotation, um, or let's call it 10, minus minusing out of mere coffee, mm. of the players that have played at least seven games this season, that also doesn't include Kawhi Leonard <laughs> playing at home, Robert Covington, John Wall, Marcus Morris, Luke Kennard, Paul George, Terrence Mann, Nick Batum, Norman Powell, Reggie Jackson, Vitsa Zubats. Of those 10 players, eight of them are versatile. Yeah. The two I'm saying that aren't versatile are Zubats, who plays his role so well. Yeah, and leading Luke, the league in blocks this season. And Luke Kennard, who is the best three-point shooter yeah. in the league. Yeah. So it's like, you can make up for their deficiencies, mm. and they play their bits really well. The other eight players, are, you can mix and match so much. Um, or maybe not so much, but like enough that you always, you're always covering up the holes of other players on the court. So I don't know why they aren't... Uh, they haven't started this season better than they have. And I think it's just like, I think it's just another thing where it's like, if they haven't showed us that they're going to be contenders, mm. it's like, you know, you always used to say about Popovich being like, let's let him decide when he's not the best coach mm-hmm. in the world. We have to let them prove to us when we need to take them seriously. Yeah. Like there has never been a, a whole season and playoff run where it's like, okay, cool. Or maybe the bubble. But since then, there hasn't been a there hasn't been a time where it's like, okay, cool. We, we need to th- think of you guys as contenders. Yeah. It's like, no, you guys will you'll be contenders once you show us we're con- yeah, yeah. contenders. Yeah, no, the the pre bubble season, they were what they were second in the Western Conference and true, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> what they they missed out on the top seed by like one game or something like that. Yeah, um, and you know, obviously that was the that was a narrative going into that season because they just traded for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and yeah, in. Uh, 2019, you know, bloody, oh, I've never even heard of coronavirus back then. Uh, you know, any team that had just traded for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, uh, you assume would be a contender. I think what's happened with this team is like last season, you're going up against the Clippers, right? Okay, no Paul George. All right, you know, whatever. We, this, this, we might... We might not win this game. This isn't going to be a very challenging game. We don't need to. Sh- we don't need to shut anyone down. Yeah. And then because of all that versatility that they have, they just like surprise teams. Like, I think a lot last season. Like I think whenever you played the Clippers, you were sort of you didn't know what to expect because there was like four. There were about four players who were liable to have twenty five or something like that. There's no yeah. one really liable to have forty or yeah or anything more than that. But you know, like Reggie Jackson. Uh, Terrence Mann um, oh jeez I mean I guess Luke Kennard could fucking just start hitting every three he takes uh, yeah like you didn't know what to expect from those players I think this season teams playing the Clippers they if you don't have like even two players who can sort of take over a game who really like Paul George and Kawhi who disrupted a, a defence by sort of like the skill set that they bring, then it's pretty easy to shut the whole team down. Yeah. Like if you're if you're defending Reggie Jackson, like 
you know how to defend Reggie Jackson. You don't need to double him. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to bring the help over. Like, yeah. you can kind of just defend Reggie Jackson, force force him into taking a bad shot because he's the worst shooter in the, in the league right now. Um, and I think now that the Clippers sort of, everyone's going like, oh yeah, the Clippers should be really good this season on account of having such good role players last season, having Paul George, even if they don't have Kawhi on the court, like, that's a good team. I think teams are just like, all right, okay, well, it's going to be a hard game against the Clippers. We need a game plan against them. We need to figure out how to shut... We need to figure out how to deal with Paul George and then how to sort of uh, shut out all their other starters and role players. So I think it's a bit of that, like, last season, like what you were saying, it's like they were proving to everyone that, okay, yeah, like, we're not going to win a championship this season, obviously, like our yeah. core is injured, but we're still going to be a good basketball team, and they prove that by you know going forty-two and forty. This season is the opposite. It's like okay, everyone was expecting us to win the championship. Our best player's gone down, and everyone's taking us really seriously every time they play us. Yeah, fuck. It's just like <laughs> I feel like the Clippers and the Nets, uh, like the, the, historically they've been the other teams in their um, in their conferences the other la team and the other new york team and i don't know it just feels like it feels like there's like a higher power <laughs> like like dictating everything that's yeah, happening because right. they obviously i think they have the best rosters mm. and yeah they just keep figuring out ways to fuck it up yeah but i mean look let's not say getting Kawhi was a bad decision like, yeah you can't say getting Kawhi leonard is bad <laughs> but yeah, he's never played more than what, like fifty six basketball regular season games yeah. in any season, and he was getting older. Uh, that's, I yeah, that's like the, uh, as Dante Boffer says, that's the Faustian pact that you make when you when you sign a player like that. It's like it comes with all the things you already yeah. know. Or you already, you already know this about him. You're not like, yeah. oh, but we'll get seventy two games out of Kawhi Lemon, Kawhi Lemon, because <laughs> uh, <laughs> he is a lemon. Uh, and keep him fit for the playoffs. Like, you know what happens when you sign him. Yeah. So if they add Kawhi, a fully healthy Kawhi starting in the playoffs, mm. they got to make the playoffs. And also, like, John Wall is not playing back-to-backs and then also just not playing other games as yeah. well. Yeah, he's like... We'll, we'll steer clear of uh, any criticism. <laughs> <laughs> but St. John... But when, but even him, when he's playing, he like you can tell he's trying to turn his career around. Yeah, and he's been great in his role. Yeah, no, he's been he's, really good. He's minimized his role and maximized the skills mm. that it like that it requires. His 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 he pull up Jimbo's from the mid range are mm. cash, mm. and even in Washington when he was like a far better player, mm. like a genuine borderline superstar, he was never this consistent with the middies. Yeah. Um. But you know, he's still, that was still part of his game. Um. But it's the same thing. It's like, if you if you sign John Wall on... Uh, is he on the MLE? Yeah. Yeah, on yeah. the MLE. John Wall, who's, you know, set out the last two seasons. Mm. Then you also know what you're getting there. Like, yeah. you're getting 55 games of John Wall mm. uh, at best. Which, I'm not... It's no criticism of John Wall as a player. It's more like, if you're only getting 55 games of John Wall, again, are you making the playoffs? Yeah. Or are you making the play in and then you have to go up against a fully fit, you know, Phoenix Suns or Utah Jazz team in, mm. the, in the first round. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mistakenly said the Warriors before. Yeah. Um, like, are you giving yourself a bad first round matchup with a team that hasn't been that good all season? 
Yeah. Okay, Kawhi Leonard comes back, it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how often these teams can just write off a season. Mm, mm. And like in, considering how much of a player's career a season is yeah. as well. I think maybe next week we should talk about some of the good teams. Yeah. Some of the, <laughs> some of the good stuff going on. Have you watched any Bucks games? Ah, uh, yes. Uh, they're so good. Man, that boy Giannis <laughs> is on a fucking mission. He's fucking crazy. Um, And I think, I think Drew's having his best season mm. for them as well. Like, uh, I think when they first traded for him, obviously they won it championship uh but like he was very he was playing like a pretty set role you know it's like oh yeah he's like he's the point guard he's the play initiator he's the best perimeter defender on the court and in the world uh but this year like with middleton out it's been less of like oh no now drew has to take more shots and we're like oh no drew's fucking scoring like yeah like he's the second scorer on this team because there's not much like scoring depth in that roster i think um, but yeah, it just hasn't mattered. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see how Surge is looking as well this season. I haven't. I feel like any like any spots I've seen the Bucks play, I haven't seen many Surge. Yeah, games. I feel like he's been fine. <laughs> yeah, I think he has been fine. How many How many minutes is he playing? Ten. Ten. Also, Jordan War is getting more minutes. Oh man, they're just building this team really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, complete opposite of like fucking. Just this, it's just well run. Yeah, it's just well run, and like I think long they've been building this team long term, and like mm. the foundation is so set and interwoven. Yeah. That like, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe maybe I will start saying culture is uh, <laughs> important in sports clubs. Um, but yeah, like even oh, they just they just run some like super fun lineups. Like yeah. the other the other night, I was watching him, and they had. It was no Giannis was on the bench. It was Brooke Lopez, uh, Bobby Portis, Drew, Wesley Matthews, and uh, George Hill. Now mm. Wesley Matthews and George Hill, uh, they're both thirty six years old. <laughs> yeah, and like <laughs> at their very best, they're like what a good role player. Was George yeah. Hill maybe like the third best player on a good team? Yeah, he used to be super athletic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, yeah, that lineup sounds like it should, you know. Brooke Lopez, also 34. Drew Holiday, 32. Mm. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Portis, I don't know. Like, not the most mobile defensive player. Yeah. But it's so good. They were just completely shutting out teams on every possession. Yeah. And then, like, you actually have five guys on the floor who are good three-point shooters mm. uh, on the other end. And, like, to be able to hold that over when Giannis is on the floor and then Middleton, by proxy, also isn't on the floor yeah. is, like, so impressive. Yeah, I feel like the the Lopez, the Bobby Brook minutes mm. are still I still underestimate them. Yeah, yeah. And they work. I want to hate them. <laughs> <laughs> they work. They they just continue to work. Yeah. Every single time. And it's it, oh god, there's so much to like about this team because it's not like they're like it's not like okay, Giannis comes off, someone has to go into the power forward position mm. and like we play like you know kind of does it. Uh, a shadow of what Giannis does when he's on. They're a completely different team. Yeah. They've got a completely different game plan. Uh, which, like, you know, I wouldn't have said that Mike Budenholzer was a very uh, mm. flexible coach maybe yeah. when we started this podcast. But that's coaching flexibility to be like, mm. okay, I don't have the guy my team revolves around on the floor. We're going to play, like, a completely different brand of basketball, not just an adapted brand, but, like, a completely different look. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Bucks offensively do, like, play off a, ph- off a philosophy rather than a game plan. Mm. <clears throat> because there's so many, there's so many times... Where they'll take 
zero pass threes, like with yeah. 18 seconds on the shot clock. And it doesn't seem to be their game plan. But then when you have a lineup like that, yeah. then, you know, I still don't think that it's good. No. But I think that... I think that it like it's it, it works yeah because uh, because obviously like most of their game plan is based off of just like just stopping completely stopping the other team yeah. <laughs> demoralizing and stopping the other team um, so yeah I think maybe maybe watch a couple of Bucks games I, I definitely will over the next week just so I can feel a bit better about the NBA yeah, 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 yeah. for sure hello and welcome to the Deep Two I'm Mr Boff my man how are we and I co-host a weekly NBA podcast that I think the Deep Two, named after Josh Smith's favourite shot, has us rambling on about everything that goes on in the NBA world, all the way from game recaps to off-season hypotheticals to Warriors exceptionalism. Join us on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you there. Dante, you've got to talk about the freaking website. The freaking website, true. TheDeep2.com, so simple. I can't believe it, is our very own website where you can read long-form articles on all of the day's big basketball topics. The Pensman that you guys know as the JVG NBA Tribute Show Boys even feature on there from time to time, so check it out. Okay, Dante, now you can send us off. Peace. Um... <laughs> well, speaking of basketball leagues that you can feel fucking hopeful about, the WNBL started over the oh, past yeah? weekend. And how's that been? It was really good. The first the first weekend of games was really good. Um, if anyone wants to get into the WNBL, I highly, rec- highly recommend. And I also highly recommend the WNBL show, mm-hmm. which uh, I can't remember who the host's name is, what the host's name is, but her first two guests were Annalie Maley, Opal's star, mm-hmm. and Sarah mm-hmm. Blitzarves, Opal's star, mm-hmm. and also star of a person. Mm-hmm. I'm halfway through the second episode. First episode was great. Second episode is... is uh, somehow even more entertaining, even though I straight up might have a crush on Annalie Maley. <laughs> um, straight up might. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have, if, if, or if she just charmed the fucking shit out of me. Because she was, she was so charismatic when we were talking. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, round two is, well, actually starts today. Southside versus Melbourne is tonight. That'll be kind of yeah. unmissable. Yeah. Um, and I think that one's on Kayo. I'll yeah, check nice. right now. But yeah, Southside boasts bloody... Southside boasts Sarah Blitzarves, Lauren Jackson, and Kayla Thornton. And Melbourne has legends like Kayla George, uh, Tess Magin, who is out, and Tiffany Mitchell. Uh, yeah. Tiffany Mitchell and Kayla Thornton, as you might be thinking, hey, they sound like pretty American names. They are. <laughs> <laughs> They're both imports. Yeah, so there's like, there's, uh, what, there's four Opals and two good American players. Yeah, in, yeah. In that in that matchup alone. Yeah, that's pretty good, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me just double check. Yeah, Tiffany Mitchell is playing for the uh, is playing for the Melbourne Boomers. Just yeah. had to double check that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I, I have to admit, I haven't watched, I haven't, uh, I haven't watched any games yet. But that's okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to. Uh, I think, as you say, yeah, there's so so much talent in the league. Mm-hmm. So, are all the games on KO, or is it just like no? Nah, so the Wednesday game is, and then the rest of the games are on Nine Now. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. and I think you can watch them on demand as right. well as live. That's so easy. Yeah, it is. I can't believe it's that simple. It's seriously. I don't think most of our listeners would probably not have to pay a, an extra dime, and it's like very high quality basketball. Yeah, goddamn. Well, that's that on that. Um, well, I, I actually I had one. I had one last NBA thing. To say, 
so the uh, the last two minute report came out. Oh, today. let's talk about it. And you might you might be familiar with it if you're a Sacramento Kings fan. You might be very familiar with Sacramento it. Kings always have nail biters. Yeah, they always have like they have the most ridiculous game winners that don't mean anything, <laughs> and then they just get fucked over. They just get fucked over in the last 40 seconds of games as well. Mm. Whether that's by their own fault, by like not being able to win a game. Or in the case against the Warriors. Or in the case against the Warriors, the refs absolutely fucking... Oh, man. So, yeah, in their game against the Warriors uh, yesterday, they they really looked like they were going to win it. And I think I think they deserve to. The Warriors have... You know, let's, let's just touch on it. The Warriors have not been good this season. Yeah. <laughs> like... Most of their wins have really come from uh, either Jordan Poole's streakiness or <laughs> Steph Curry having like an absolutely fucking ridiculous game. And he yeah. did. Like he had, what do you have? 40, 47, 8 and 8, I was think, it? I think that was, the those are the numbers. Uh, and so in the, in the final, final uh, seconds of that game, which, wait, I'm just going to get the score up. So I think it was 116 to 113 to the Warriors' advantage. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. Uh, 1.5 seconds on the clock uh, Kevin Herter gets the inbound Clay Thompson uh, fucking puts his hand on his hip mm. fucking bodies him up and then hits his arm on the three point attempt so I'm counting three fouls yeah. <laughs> on a three pointer um, in the final seconds of the game and there is no call he obviously airballs the three not because it was like the worst look ever but because Clay Thompson actually altered his shot yeah it's not like he shot and then he hit him like the ball went in a different direction because Clay fouled him no call no mm. call mind you and yeah in the last two minutes report today the uh the referees were like yeah there was there was a we missed a foul on the last possession of that game yeah <laughs> that should have been uh three for free throws for Kevin Herter who it's a pretty good free throw shooter. He could have tied the game there. It also would have been very Sacramento Kings if he'd missed one of them and they yeah. lost by one point. But that's besides the point. Now, so obviously it's a travesty that wasn't called. But the thing that I was sort of thinking about that I haven't thought about is why can't you challenge that call? The coach's challenge, right? Mm. You, I was reading the rules of the coach's challenge. It's on my phone, which is bloody filming this episode. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, I'm pretty sure the only things that you can challenge are a foul on like a foul on one of your players. So if one of your players commits a foul, you can challenge it. Uh, an out of bounds call and a goaltending or basket basket interference call. Yeah. So you can't challenge a no call. Yeah. Basically, like if there's a very blatant foul and it's missed by the referees, like you can't call. You can't. You can't do one of these. No ones. swirly motion. No swirly motion. Uh, and I, I just think. This is one of those situations. I don't. I don't like watching. I don't like fucking watching coaches' challenges. Mm. Like nobody. Nobody enjoys that. Nobody enjoys the bit of the NBA where it stops for eight minutes. Like yeah. that's everyone's least favorite part of the <laughs> NBA. However, I think there is like there's a good reason that they have them, and this seems to be one of those situations where you think you'd want to be able to challenge that yeah. call or that no call rather. It does seem like uh, just like. It just makes sense. Like, it, what was fucking what's that thing where it's just like, I don't know what I don't know what this is. Like, you don't have to be so by the rules. Like, yeah. Obviously, a challenge can only happen when a whistle has happened as well. Yeah. But like, surely, um, 
fuck, there's like a saying for it. When it's like, uh, oh, I don't know what it's, I don't know what it is. This is going to kill me. And I'm going to text you later and I'm going to say, this, this is what the saying I was trying to find was. But, um, but like, yeah, what, if, the, the, the challenge should be for anything. I think we're, we're going to be in agreement on this. Yeah. But like, the challenge should be for anything. Uh, so, yeah, fuck. And also, Clay Thompson has been cringe Thompson this season. He's been, he's been playing bad, and he's also just been involved in so many ugly non-basketball incidents on the court, you know? like He's getting, he's getting really annoying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Freaking just play the whistle. <laughs> I haven't seen him post-game, but I assume it'll be something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, like his, his cocky attitude is sort of fine when he's, I don't know, the second greatest shooter in the league. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you're not playing well and you're kind of being a shithead to everyone else in the NBA, like, I don't know, shut the fuck up maybe. Yeah. It would have been so sweet to watch the Warriors lose that game. I, well. I really, I really wanted them to. Like, yeah. I don't hate the Warriors by any means, yeah. but like, I think, I really don't think they deserve to win that game at all. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then... Yeah, like obviously in the post game, uh, Mike Brown and Kevin Herter were both like, like, well, what can we do? Like, we're going to say shit, we're going to get fined, but like, it's not going to change anything. Yeah. We're going to keep getting, there's going to keep being bad calls against us. And this is going to be the second time that, this is the second time that Mike Brown has complained in a press conference about a no call on the game winning possession because Tyler Hero took a, uh, I think he took four steps when he hit the, oh, yeah. when he hit the game winner against them. So, was that this season? Yeah, that was like hell. a couple of games ago. Yeah, the, their last game against Orlando, mm. De'Aaron Fox hit a half-court buzzer yeah, beater. Yeah, what the yeah. hell is going on with the Sacramento Kings? What the hell is going on? Yeah, they're they're three and six. I don't. Think, I I'm never. I'm never like yeah. The Sacramento Kings look good, but they've also absolutely been fleeced. Yeah. Uh, in the final minutes of two games this season. Yeah. Uh, involved in a couple of other nail biters. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my eventual point about that is. Man, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's always that adage of just you know just win the game earlier in the game, yeah. and you don't have to deal with this shit. Yeah. But I think I think that was a really, really, really poor situation. Yeah. That Clay Thompson. Had. Yeah, that like it, it shouldn't be up to the officials. Well, it was, and they did make a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that like that's that's got to be one of the. I think that's got to be one of the worst impactful no calls I've seen. Yeah, very long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is always something. I, I'm I'm starting to be a bit of a Demantis Sabonis hater as well. So <laughs> there is something I kind of liked about watching him lose yesterday and going up to the ref and complaining. Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah, I just don't think he's that good, eh? Nah, me neither. <laughs> In terms of like, you know, if you want to win, if you like, I've never seen what he do he does get represented by a win. Yeah. And and I, I don't know. I just I don't know. I find it kind of satisfying to hate him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, what, what's there to like about Sabonis' game, like, as a, from a, you know, you know, you know when you watch someone get a bucket or throw mm. a nice dish or, you know, cross someone over, you're like, ah, mm. that's basketball, baby. What's, what's there about Sabonis? Sometimes he has some pretty nice finishes on the block, yeah. like, pretty physical finishes, mm. but then also, he's just a sieve. Like, yeah. he is just, he is just two points waiting mm. for the mm. other team. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Right, eh? Well, cool. Uh, fuck the refs. Fuck the kings. Fuck Clay Thompson. Uh, and I guess I'll talk to you next week, Lucas. Yeah, see you next week. Oh, I don't think we've ever done this before. Oh, I don't oh, think uh, we've ever done this before. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my boy, our boy. Me. My dear, <laughs> my dear boy, Lucas. Uh, he actually had 
uh, he he made his 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 video analysis debut on YouTube yeah. the other day on the Deep Two Film Room on the Deep Two Film Room, which is a recurring series. Uh, <laughs> it's recurred twice now, <laughs> uh, where you know members of the members of the Deep Two write for the Deep Two dot com. Yeah. Uh, uh, do a little bit of film analysis of NBA games, and Lucas, you did a video uh, analyzing the Minnesota Timberwolves and how they can how they can maximize their offensive output. Yep, the title of the video is "How to Maximize the Minnesota Timberwolves on Offense," uh, and yeah, it did actually come out between last episode and this episode. I feel like I definitely said uh, that I was in like I was making it last episode, but now it's out. Everyone came out six days ago. Uh, and all the information is still very relevant. Mm. Uh, I think uh, Sean said he likes making evergreen content. Yeah. For especially for the film room, mm. and it's pretty evergreen. Yeah. And with every Minnesota Timberwolves loss, <laughs> there's like a jump in views by like twenty to thirty. I'm currently sitting on 196, which I didn't think That's I was awesome. going to get to. Yeah, That's I thought, great. I did. I thought I was going to like very best case scenario max out like 140. Yeah. Um, and then maybe get a view a week or a month mm. after that. So, from what I'm gathering, people are Googling, sorry, YouTubing Minnesota Timberwolves offense and your video is coming out. It's, it must be... They might be putting maximize in there when they're seeing how minimized the <laughs> it, It's got to be something. Yeah. It's got to be something. <laughs> I, put it, I put it down to something. I'm sure it'd be in the suggestions of like other yeah, videos yeah, 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 when yeah. you go down like a YouTube rabbit yeah. hole. Oh my god, I'm like rabbit hole content yeah, right now. Yeah, Sick. yeah, 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 yeah. Frustrated Timberwolves fan, or just frustrated NBA fans watching the Timberwolves and going, "Fuck." Yeah. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna hate watch ten videos about this. Now. <laughs> hate watch. Um, no, but it's actually it's a really good video. The analysis is fantastic. Uh, it's evergreen, and I think it's just like. If Chris Finch just did it, mm. like it would have results. Like yeah. if you just if you just ran a couple of Spain pick and rolls a game, like, <laughs> they'd be looking a lot nicer. Yeah. Also, Ant, ha- it's actually been getting worse since this oh video came God. out. But he is just like not fucking there. He just doesn't care. Yeah. He. It's. It's. Speak about bad teammates. Like, I. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the timeline is for Ant to like become a good teammate, but he is like seriously not helping yeah. the team at all. And it's dropping off, which is mm. a concern. I mean, everyone's probably seen the the Instagram low light of him just standing yeah. uh, on the wing, literally not moving. Hands on hips. Hands on hips for an entire possession, uh, which is just it's just it's just a bad look as well. Just like at least pretend. At least pretend to be engaged in the possession. It's like, but he, he's obviously doing it because he, like, he's he knows what he's doing. Yeah, like he knows that everyone's watching, and he knows that like he knows he knows the the image he's he's putting out there. Mm, mm. It does. It seems like a well. It doesn't seem like it's a very bad way to go about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, so you can check that out on the Deep Two's uh, YouTube channel. I'll put a link in the description of this YouTube video as well because that's something we could do. Hey, I can even put it up with a little, the little oh, square up. Oh. Uh, would it be my side? I can put, it, where, I can put it wherever I like. I think. Oh, oh, oh like no, you're looking at the eye. The eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. the eye. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 no, we're going up just there. <laughs> um, and for real this time, I'll see you next week. <laughs> for real, for real. See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of the JVG NBA Tribute Show, hosted by Marco Holden-Jeffrey and Lucas Petridis. Our theme song is written and performed by Pascal Ducasse, with production by Mock B. 
Follow us on Instagram at JVG NBA Tribute Show and on Twitter at JVG NBA for more NBA content. The JVG NBA Tribute Show. New episodes every Wednesday at 7 a.m.